when the carelessness, recklessness, or intentional misconduct of another results in injuries to you or damage to your personal belongings, you may have a personal injury claim. I'm Bill Klaproth, and in this episode of the Newland Lawcast, we talk about personal injury. And with us is Gary Newland, an injury attorney and partner at Newland and Newland Law. And Gary, thank you so much for your time. First off, can you briefly share with us your experience with personal injury claims? Well, personal injury involves a wide variety of claims. Uh, represented people that have been involved in car accidents, motorcycle accidents, slip and falls, prescription lawsuits, sexual abuse and assault. I, I've represented people that have been in train crashes, train accidents that have been in situations where they've been food poisoned, they've been injured boating, they've been injured in every conceivable way that you can imagine from jet skis to segways. I've represented people that have been injured by police officers, and I've represented people that have been injured by government employees. That's a wide range of injuries. So, Gary, what does someone need to have a real case? Can you define personal injury for us? Uh, a personal injury requires an actual, uh, generally requires a physical injury. Sometimes it can just involve a psychological injury, but that's rare, but does happen. The vast majority of our cases, people have suffered a personal injury. And to have a personal injury claim, someone had to um, not use the proper degree of care to cause an injury. Everyone in our society is required to use ordinary care in the way in which they live their life. When you rear-end somebody, that's not ordinary care. That's not reasonable. So that's why there's liability in a personal injury case for a rear-end collision. That transfers also to any other type of injury that's involved. If someone acts in a way in which they hurt somebody, then they can be liable for a personal injury claim. So I hear the term tort law when it comes to personal injury. Can you explain that to us? Tort law is a term that's used to describe personal injury law. And tort law is what you study in law school when you study personal injury. They don't call it personal injury class. They call it tort class. So basically, as far as when regular people are talking, they use the term personal injury rather than tort. All right. And then can you explain the difference between state and federal personal injury law? There is a difference uh, between state and federal personal injury law. Certain cases must be filed in federal court. For example, if it's a case against the federal government, we have to file those in federal court. If it's a case uh, that involves diversity jurisdiction, which means the claim is for over a certain amount of money and the defendant lives in another state or does business in another state, then the case can be litigated in federal court. With respect to state court, state court is specifically for state law issues. So your typical personal injury case is filed in state court, but there can be federal laws that were violated. And if there was a federal law that was violated, then the case is generally removed again, to federal court. We do both. We litigate in federal and state court. Most lawyers just, just litigate in state court. We have a considerable amount of experience litigating in federal court as well. And then how do you work with clients who want to file a personal injury case? What should they expect? Tell us about your process. 
When we represent someone in a personal injury claim, it's very important that we know as much as we can about the person. We want to know how they think, how it has impacted their family, how the injury has impacted every aspect of their life. By understanding how it has impacted their life, we then know how to argue their case. Because every injury case is specific to that person. There can be a situation where two people have a relatively similar injury, but one person has a higher pain tolerance and therefore it doesn't impact their life as much. Or a person has a sedentary job and another person doesn't have a sedentary job. And because they don't have a sedentary job, they aren't able to function at work because of the injury. So it's very important to understand how the injury has impacted the person. Another example of how an injury impacts someone is some people have help. They have family members that can help them recuperate. Other people don't. And the recuperation process can be much more complicated and much more painful than someone who does have help. So every aspect of the situation from uh, the, the moment of the incident that resulted in the injury helps us determine how to place a value on a case and how to determine the uniqueness of that case to that individual's life. And on top of that, then, when you're trying to understand that, can you explain the three broad categories of fault, how that all fits in together? Well, there there are three broad categories. Like, uh, you could say the first category, or most common category, is going to be negligence. And that's a breach of the standard of care. And that's that's perhaps the most common. Uh, their typical car accident will be negligence. And then you have intentional torts, which means the person meant to cause harm. For example, we've had cases where people have caused injury to someone else on purpose, and that subjects the person to punitive damages. For example, if you push someone down and they break their leg, that's an intentional tort, and the person owes compensation to the injured party. Insurance generally doesn't cover intentional torts. Another major area of law is product liability. And product liability involves medical products. It involves food poisoning. And under product liability, someone who causes injury or an entity that causes injury is strictly liable. There's no defense for putting a, a product in commerce, um, selling a product that causes someone to get sick or causes injury. It's called strict liability and tort. And then how do each of these change a claim or how you investigate or bring a suit forward? Well, developing uh, an investigation strategy depends on each individual case. Oftentimes, it's extremely important to get out to the scene immediately, take pictures, have our experts that we work with. We work with accident reconstructionists. And sometimes we want them to get out to the scene right away. Sometimes we want them to do downloads on the vehicles. Many times the vehicles have downloadable information after a collision. Sometimes we want our experts to take measurements. Sometimes we'll have a, um, a construction expert go to a scene to determine uh, why a certain floor was so slippery or whether there was a defect in the construction that caused an injury. So the sooner we're aware of the issues involved, the sooner we can react and help prepare the case before the evidence is lost. So it's extremely important to contact you know, us or another lawyer as soon as possible 
And it's extremely important to react as soon as possible because evidence has to be preserved. Oftentimes there's video and video is destroyed typically within 30 days. And it's extremely important that we preserve those videos that can be instrumental in proving liability later. So there's a lot of different reasons to get us involved very early in the process. So Gary, I imagine you wind up working a lot with the police, uh, insurance companies, doctors, other lawyers. Is that correct? Well, it's not unusual at all for us to deal with local police because uh, they're involved in documenting what took place. And oftentimes we'll have questions of local police. And we are familiar with a lot of the local departments. We're familiar with a lot of the physicians in the hospitals. We do a great many cases. So it's unusual where there's an expert that we're not familiar with. And so getting us involved can help direct you also to the best experts that can help you recover the best as well. We, Since we deal with a great many different doctors, we're very familiar with the doctors that have the best outcomes as well. And if someone comes to you, Gary, is there a cost for a consultation? We only charge if we collect money. If we don't collect money, there's no charge to the client. And if someone has been injured in a car accident, as we've been talking about, and they're in the hospital, they can't make it in, will you travel to them? It's common for people to call us or attorneys to refer us a case and us to go to the hospital to meet with people or go to their home because they can't get around. And we want to get on top of it right away because we may need to communicate with an officer. We may need to get uh, experts out to the scene. It's extremely important for us to meet people and get the process moving as soon as we can. Yeah, that makes sense. And if you could wrap it up for us, what else should we know about making a personal injury claim? Well, I think it's very important to hire someone that's well-established in the community. And we're very well-established in the community. I've been practicing for about 25 years. I'm vice president of the Bar Association. I'm a member of the Trial Lawyers Association. I have a great deal of trial experience. And I believe when we come into a case, when my firm's involved, the defendants, the insurance companies, the corporations, they know that we're a serious player and they're going to take our clients seriously. So we think it's extremely important to hire competent, qualified representation. Well, that experience is very valuable. And Gary, thank you so much for your time today. For more information on personal injury, please visit newlandlaw.com. That's newlandlaw.com. This is the Newland Lawcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.